The FT. HSBC has had a torrid couple of days. The details of their private banking misdemeanors in Switzerland were exposed, and since then, politicians have jumped on a bandwagon, calling for further investigations, tax probes, and potential ramifications for current management. I'm Patrick Jenkins, the financial editor of the FT, and I talked to George Dallas, the policy director of the International Corporate Governance Network, and Martin Arnold, the FT's banking editor, about the topic. George, one thing I wanted to ask you really was the extent to which this is an avoidable issue for HSBC, or could have been an avoidable issue. There's been a lot of commentary today, and also in the past, when other things have backfired for HSBC, such as a huge volume of bad loans in the U.S. household business, such as the Mexican drug money facilitation that HSBC was involved with, sanctions busting, and so on. And this latest Farago, they all stemmed from acquisitions that HSBC did in the boom years, and arguably uh, also a result of the fact that HSBC has failed to integrate them properly and, and supervise them. To what extent, George, do you think this is a governance problem that has been highlighted at HSBC? I think the points that you just read are very much a governance issue. It's not just making uh, an acquisition, but ensuring that a company that does this manages all dimensions of this, not just from a limited compliance and control context, but also in, in a cultural context. And it would seem that one of the questions that comes begging out of the Swiss cases and perhaps some of the other ones that are related to HSBC is, has the governance process really managed that cultural dimension appropriately? And I guess that dovetails with another dynamic, which I think is confronting HSBC as other banks, which is the fact that uh, I think the social expectations of banks have shifted over the years. And what, even if we all disapprove of this now, as I think many do and probably did, there's, I think, even less tolerance for tax avoidance as an accepted practice as it may have been in the past. So I think it's shining the spotlight to some extent on the fact that certain behaviors, if they're legal, still may be ethically dubious. And there may be cases here, I guess, that need to be explored in terms of the basic legalities. So I think all of these are governance issues and stem from the ability of a board to provide appropriate oversight over strategic activities such as M&A and their integration into a corporate home. Well, one of the other governance angles on that very point is that the acquisition spree that HSBC went through was led by its then executive chairman, Sir John Bond, who, of course, as chairman, didn't have to answer to anybody within the bank. This is a peculiarity of HSBC, really. You have an executive chairman and a chief executive. The dynamic has slightly switched these days. But I'd love your thoughts on that point. And also the related issue of the fact that historically former executives have been elevated to the chairman role. We mentioned Douglas Flint, who's chairman today. He was previously finance director. And actually some people have pointed the finger at him in terms of, you know, having been a senior figure at the bank at an executive level when a lot of these misdemeanors were happening. What are your thoughts on that point? Well, I think that the tradition of HSBC to appoint executive chairman from the executive ranks has been something that has been uh, subject to scrutiny by many, particularly in the investor community, for some time. I think it would be hard to, to say causally that this was a driving factor in this case. And I think time will tell as we see the extent to which this issue may broaden out into other banks. This may or may not expose the extent to which the you know, tradition of a strong executive chair might have contributed to it. So I think it's a question mark. 
I think one of the greatest challenges from a leadership perspective is the whole hearkening back to the Chuck Prince quote at Citibank several years back that his institution felt like they needed to dance while the music was playing, even if they knew the music was bogus. And I think the question that banks need to think about is, are there other songs that they're currently dancing to that they possibly shouldn't be dancing to, or they may be doing so for the wrong reasons? And I think it does ultimately lead back to a governance issue in trying to have board members as well as directors be more attuned to the social expectations of banks and the consequences when this goes badly. George Dallas, the Policy Director of the International Corporate Governance Network, thank you very much for those thoughts. Martin brings up to date with where it's gone from here because it's turning quite political. Well, it is. It's unfortunate for HSBC that this has come out in a UK election year, also with the US not far off from the election campaign, presidential election campaign. So it's a particularly sensitive time. This story has been a long time in the making, if I can say that. But these files, which are, some are saying, you know, the biggest ever leak of confidential bank account details ever in the history of the financial sector. And essentially, they detail more than 100,000 clients of HSBC's Swiss-based private bank. And most damningly, there are notes attached to each of those client portfolios, which were taken by the personal bankers at HSBC. And they note how some of those clients were taking out vast amounts of foreign currency cash, in so-called cash bricks from HSBC, Swiss operations, and also shows that they were actively selling and pushing tax avoidance schemes to their clients when Switzerland signed a pan-European deal to pay some of the tax that should have been paid on these unregistered and undeclared accounts. This is all extremely damaging for HSBC. They've come out with a big, long statement, which they put up on their website and, and given to anyone who's asked for it, saying that this was a very different time in Swiss banking. Things have all changed since then. Banks have been forced to take much more responsibility for the actions of their clients. And they have cleaned up their act at HSBC and they've cleaned up their Swiss private banking shrunk it a lot, got rid of a lot of clients who didn't fit and weren't fully compliant. But there are still questions over it that the bank needs to answer. I mean, they haven't fully convinced politicians that they have cleaned up their act. There's this case of a compliance officer at the Swiss private bank. She was based in Luxembourg, who was fired 18 months ago, she says, for warning about tax problems to do with clients then. And that was her job. But she says she was fired because of that. And she subsequently won an industrial tribunal for unfair dismissal. And she was interviewed on BBC Panorama last night saying, you know, there were fine words from HSBC about cleaning up the bank, but uh, they weren't being put into practice. So Vince Gable, the business secretary, one of the most senior cabinet ministers here in the UK, has written to Douglas Flint, the chairman of HSBC, asking for a meeting and saying, you know, this raises questions as to whether you really have cleaned up your act. There are also questions about whether the UK authorities will launch judicial proceedings against HSBC as a result of growing calls for them to do so. France, Belgium, Argentina, the US have already launched investigations into HSBC and there are big questions as to why the UK, which was the biggest source of the money that HSBC's Swiss private bank was managing after Switzerland, why the UK has um, been so slow to act. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.